0: Brand new Sports Hub Patriots podcast coming to you, Alex
1: Barth, Matt Dolloff. It's been a couple weeks, but we have news. Finally, Dolliff. finally, a real event to talk about rather than the reports and the rumors and the hearsay. No, we Something have real.
0: We we have a move by the Patriots. Bill O'Brien expected to be named the next offensive coordinator. He will be the first person to hold the job, in a, officially in a little under a calendar year after obviously Matt Patricia had play calling duties last year wasn't titled as the offensive coordinator but this is it this is the one everybody was waiting for are they going to get serious are they going to name an offensive coordinator you know we were sitting here towards the end of the season doll talking about people didn't want the team to, to win any games because they thought bill might might turn around on yeah, that, that's, patricia
1: that's too far then we got that statement see that's over the top and now here we are Yep. Yep. you know people thought they weren't gonna hire imagine they just didn't hire an offensive coordinator after all that <laughs> Well, that it, would have been something. It started feeling like that a little bit. Remember, it was reported they
0: were they were working the Shrine Bowl, and then there was that report that you know coaches under staffs that have massive coaching changes or coordinator coaching changes can't work the game. And then that was, hey, does this mean that they're not making this change, whatever? But then we got the mm. statement, the statement, as it will yeah. probably become uh, it really known, is the statement. And then after a little back and forth last week, it was interesting. The way it played out last week, because you had the report, I think it was on, was it on Monday, that Tommy Curran said that he's the favorite, O'Brien was the favorite, the primary target to get the job, and then... Uh, Ian Rappaport said
1: he was the favorite. Rappaport, too, a couple people did. Nothing against Curran, but Rappaport probably gets it straight from the craps. So when he says it... You know, that's when I started to really believe.
0: And then you had some whispers. Oh, does, does O'Brien really want the job, right? From his side, he's not sure about the personnel and this and that. That was on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, the Patriots announced through reports all these different offensive coordinator interviews. Then later on Wednesday, we find out Bill O'Brien's actually still out recruiting for Alabama. <laughs> yeah. And then
1: on Thursday, Bill O'Brien finally interviews, and here we are. What a cycle. What yes. a cycle. That's, see, this is where we get sort of in trouble with ourselves, is that like i I have a journalism background I tend to deal in you know facts reports yeah. and like there are some reports out there but like the hot take cycle goes way faster than the news cycle. Correct. And so like a day before that, we have reports of Bill O'Brien interviewing with the Patriots. We get we get Albert Breer and Greg Bedard, I think, were on our very station saying, well, things aren't moving very fast. And it's right. like, I get it. They might not have been moving very fast. It might have been a little more deliberate with the, you know, the Shrine Bowl and all that other stuff. And it's like these things tend to happen within like the first week. So when we got into the second week and nothing was happening, we are like, what's going on? And I get it. Like you got to go on talk shows and say whatever, and you got to talk about. We got to do a show today, the Dolph. Moment. We got to do, gotta the do the show a show today, today. But like, but you know, ideally, we get to wait and see what the actual uh, news and information is. So yeah, after all that, after that whole cycle, it, it is indeed Bill O'Brien is here, and this is a good. So the step. whole offense is fixed, right? Oh well, okay. So this is where we're going <laughs> to begin the
0: podcast. This is a good step. He was the most qualified person for the job. I know Felger and Maz are going to play today the clip where I went on that show and I said, I don't think he's perfect. I don't think the perfect candidate was out there. I stand by that. He's still a very good candidate. He's the right guy for the job, but it's not snap your fingers and everything's fixed. This is, I know for a lot of fans, this probably feels like the end of a very arduous process, and in a lot of ways it is. This is. And now there's a report today that Adrian Clem is going to have a second interview, so Matt Patricia, who was also the offensive line coach, there goes his second job. Mm-hmm. But as much as this is the end of a process, it's the beginning of one. Because now it's up to Bill O'Brien and and who knows, Adrian Clem, whoever else, to get under the hood and figure out where things went wrong and fix it. And I know we both have takes on that. will have stuff, depending on when you're listening to this, it's about to go up or it's already up on 985 com. Let's start with yours because I think – where you go next is more immediate. You have like the actual next steps in terms of hiring and staffing.
1: Yeah, I mean they have they have so much more work to do. You know, I, like I, I is anyone out there like throwing a parade for the pages because they they did this? It's like I see it as the absolutely necessary first step. Right. And it's like and it's yes, good. You got an experienced offensive coordinator who was the offensive coordinator here he was the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Mac Jones helped him learn the Alabama offense. So you think they're going to get along like they've never played a game together before. But, you know, Mac Jones spent a little bit of time with Bill O'Brien before he left Alabama for the draft. So there's a bit of a relationship there. His absolute number one job, Bill O'Brien, is to get the most out of Mac Jones, restore him to where he was in 2021, and ideally, you know, go well beyond that. You know, get get that jump out of him that we've been waiting for. That's just one job. And I, like, I think they still need to fill all these other positions. And the Adrian Clem news tells me that he's a candidate to be the offensive line coach. And yeah. I guess what happens with Matt Patricia and his and Billy Yates after that? So, I mean, I, don't, I guess they're not going to get the job. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, Matt Patricia is probably going to be moved off the offense entirely. I don't I think Robert Kraft doesn't like the way it would look if uh, if they kept Patricia on the offense in any capacity. So they got to get that. They, they got to figure out. What went wrong with the offensive line? Get a guy who can come in here and get them to play the way they want to play. Maybe if adrian Clem comes in he's he's also the run game coordinator, which you know I guess maybe just a title, but there's that, and they also need to figure out what was what went wrong with them in the red zone. they need to they might need a passing game coordinator. I know they haven't had those before. But, uh, you know, Chad O'Shea's out there. I don't know if what his relationship is like with Bill O'Brien or, or uh, you know, Bill Belichick, but also Bill O'Brien. Like maybe he could be a candidate to come back here and be the Patriots passing game coordinator. Uh, Chad O'Shea was, big, uh, was the big red zone guy when he was here, right. I, I think, right? So they might, they might, they need more bodies. They're not, Bill O'Brien isn't going to transform the whole thing overnight. It's just good that you have an experienced guy. He's beyond competent. He's at least going to be competent. You know, right. they're not gonna they're gonna look better and they're gonna look like a competent, you know, functional offense under Bill O'Brien. But they just have so much more to do in terms of hiring his assistants, and then even after they hire his assistants, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of first of all, mistakes to be undone from last yes. year, bad habits to get out of. And so like there's I think we're a long way to go to find out what the Patriots offense can be under Bill O'Brien. I just don't think anyone who thinks they're like automatically going to go back to being a top five, top ten type of offense back in the Brady heyday just because they got a real offensive coordinator, I think is getting ahead of themselves. They've got a lot of work to do.
0: Well, I think it's also important to keep in mind. You talk about getting back to top five. And granted, they were number six last year. They were number six. But and people well oh there's that a-
1: offensive points per game though
0: yeah. oh okay. they played a weak schedule of course they were 6 they played a comparable schedule this year and they were 17th calm down okay.
1: i don't I, I don't pay much attention to schedule honestly you, you, i feel like everybody has a weak schedule now there's like five much. good teams and everybody else is in the same group so w- when we talk
0: about o'brien and building a staff a couple things first off and i told jimmy stewart i would do this i was going to do it anyway but i told him i'd do it o'brien let, let's look at o'brien without brady real quick his offensive ranks when he was the head coach in Houston and keep in mind that for most of this half of it he didn't have Deshaun Watson so the three non-Deshaun Watson years, the offense finish in terms of points ranked 14th, 21st and then 28th and then
1: 14th is a lot better than 28th
0: it is, Watson comes in and then over the next three years 17th, 11th and 14th and I'm not going to include 2020 because he was fired four games
1: in yeah, well, Deshaun Watson's first year, didn't he only play like six games? Yeah, he got hurt. But
0: so, so with Watson, he got them to 11 and 14. So not, not bad, not bad, but not top 10 either, right? Which if that's yeah. the number we're talking about. So one, you get some other minds in there, I think is always important. I think we learned this year how important it is. There is something to be said for too many cooks in the kitchen, but at the same time, it is important to have diverse ideas when you're coming up with these game plans and all of that. You mentioned the passing game coordinator and the run game coordinator. And to me, with those titles, I think the most important thing, and here's the one other, I don't want to say it's a knock on O'Brien. If anything, I think it's a compliment to him, but something the Patriots fans need
1: to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Or the Patriots need to be aware of. I guess the fans can't yeah, do the like, this is Just sorry, I'll yeah. let you continue. But just to clarify my point, like, I just hope that this is what the Patriots are thinking, that we still oh, have a lot of work to do. For sure. They're not thinking like, we hired Bill O'Brien, that's it. You know, now we can just proceed with whatever we have.
0: And I don't think they're thinking that way. Like, or I don't. I think they are thinking that they need to do more based on the the Clem tweet, right? Mm. The thing that they need to be that they need to remember and be conscious of is Bill O'Brien's here for a good time, not a long time. He is here to reset his stock and go get a head coaching job, whether it's in the NFL, whether it's with a major college program. He is here for the image rehab that he thought he was getting at Alabama. Yeah. And you don't want to be overturning like Mac Jones is already going to be on his third OC in 3 years. You don't want a lot of that's uh, uh, you know, a lot. <laughs> we lo- used to rip other teams for doing that. Right. You don't want a lot of turnover there. So what you can do is if you bring in a guy like Adrian Clem, like Keenan McCardell, like Sean Jefferson and you name him a run or pass game coordinator, whichever right is applicable. It also allows you to get the next guy ready, and have that next guy there on O'Brien's hip. He understands some of what goes into being the coordinator. He's right there helping call the plays, so that if and when O'Brien leaves, seamless transition. Maybe they believe Nick Kaley could be that guy because, or, or, or if they want to make Nick Cayley the passing game coordinator, fine. But the transition, Douglas. the transition these last two from from McDaniel's to Patricia now Patricia to O'Brien has been anything but seamless. Anything but. so Seems all over the place. I don't think O'Brien, like O'Brien's not here for 10 years. I don't even know that he's here for five years. So when when he goes to the next hot college head coaching job in a year or two, just to be able to say, all right, Adrian Clem, you're up. All right, Sean Jefferson, you're up. A guy who knows the playbook, is running the same playbook, is familiar with the personnel, all of that.
1: It just makes it a lot easier. Do you think maybe Joe Judge could be no. that guy? No. Do you think that that's, he's he's sort of like paired with Patricia where like they absolutely
0: cannot keep him on offense? I look at what the – and I know that they got their doors blown off against the Eagles, but I look at what the Giants did this year with him gone and then what happened when he came into New England. I, Daniel Jones in particular, yeah. Daniel Jones in particular. I, I, Joe Judge doesn't need to be near the yeah. offense. I, so ironically, I think that was the plan between Patricia and Judge.
1: Right, yeah. That's why I'm asking, sort of. Right,
0: Patricia was going to reset, like, if if all had gone the way they wanted it to, and it didn't. But Patricia was going to, he gets fired by the Lions, comes here, resets his stock, gets a head coaching job elsewhere, and then Joe Judge is ready to step in. And you get, obviously, that didn't work out. But the idea of having somebody else there, because offensive coordinators are a hot commodity. They come and go like that. Very few. Like Josh McDaniels is such an anomaly, especially in the modern game where he was here for 10 years in that position. You even look at the Chiefs and Eric B. Enemy, He is interviewing now elsewhere for a lateral move.
1: Yeah. No, that that's how it works everywhere. Even Bill Belichick being here for 23, 24 years. It's just it's rare. It's rare. Right. Like the coach of carousel is the most real thing in, in football. Really, where like it just happens. It's not even necessarily that these guys are good or bad. A good coach can wear out his welcome and get tuned out and just get stale. And it just it turns out that he has to go somewhere else. That's just how it is. It's so rare for a guy to last, you know, over a decade in in any position, coaching right. wise. So that's when you talk about the staff and you have to build it up.
0: Yes. And they should use their first round pick on a tackle. So you want to have a tackle coach, an offensive line coach, ready to work with that guy. Not 2019. Yeah. When you take Nikhil Harry in the first round and then, and I don't know if this would have saved Nikhil Harry or not, but didn't help. Joe Judge, who's also being the special teams coordinator, is now stretched out by, oh yeah, you can coach the wide receivers too, whatever. You can't take that approach if they're going to take a wide receiver high in the draft having a wide receivers coach having somebody there to work with them and they do seem high on Troy Brown right now but like if there's another guy to bring in there this is all very important I think they
1: like Troy Brown and Ross Douglas I think as they the do receivers too. coaches as far as like the pass game coordinator that seems like a job if they want. if they were going to add that position that seems like something for Akina McCardell or, or Sean Jefferson to come in and that's that can be sort of a, a step up yeah. from wide receivers coach for them. That that makes more sense. So we'll, we'll we'll track all of that.
2: BackstageCountry dot com your online home for all things country music. <laughs>
0: How does the offense need to change? And I, I threw some of these numbers at you earlier, and I kind of got excited and did it while you were setting up. You just got here. So I think it might have been yeah, I was in like, one what, ear, what out number? the other. What
1: is this? That's my fault. But no, no, no. It's my fault. I can't I'm, I can't set up my computer yeah. and listen to a conversation. That, that might be my brain. So well, let's go under the hood here with the Patriots
0: offense a little bit, because I think if you asked a lot of people, what was the problem with the Patriots offense in 2022? And, a lot no, of people you, would say Mac. You can't just say Mac Jones. I'm talking schematically.
1: Uh Mac Jones. Right. Question, mark, yeah, question mark. Question mark,
0: no. question mark. The first step is not find a new quarterback. Yeah, you're hilarious. Says the egg. Real original take. Great job there. No. Humpty Dumpty. I over think there. a lot I think a lot of people would say big plays. The numbers don't support that. At least not exactly. PFF defines explosive plays as any play that gains twenty five plus yards. So we're just going to use that as the 25 base. plus 25 okay. plus. So quarter of the field Patriots ranked third in the NFL in explosive plays last year behind only the chiefs and the Niners. Mm. They had 45 explosive plays. Sounds pretty good, right? On paper. Yep. Here's where the problem begins though. They had only one play and it's tied for last in the league. They had only one single play that gained over 50 yards. It's so a John O. Smith catch and run against the Browns. Oh, I remember that. They were the only team in the league. That was like an eight yard catch. Yeah. And like 45 uh, yards after. It was after. like 12 or 13, but yeah. But yeah, way more yards after the but catch before. But here's than the thing before. the type of play is almost irrelevant here because different offenses run differently, right? The Niners, the second most explosive plays. They, and they're up there in terms of like, we'll get to it in a second. Yeah, Bigger that's why I'm saying play.
1: like, I think those big plays and deep passing, those, those things are overrated.
0: In my opinion. If you're getting the yards, you're getting the yards. It doesn't yeah. matter how you're doing If you have to do it a certain way because of your that's personnel, there's I mean,
1: nothing wrong with yeah. playing to the personnel. That's what Bill said. We want to move the ball and score points. That's, what, that's all Bill ever says whenever you ask right. him about, like, do you want more of this or that? It's just I don't care if we're moving the ball and scoring. I don't care how we do it. So they were moving the ball. They weren't scoring. Here's, here's
0: why. So they only had 150-plus yard play, no plays of 55-plus, the only team in the league to do that. In terms of plays that were 25 to 50 yards, so we'll call these short explosive plays. They were second in the league behind only the Chiefs. They had 44 plays. 44 of their 45 explosive plays were under 50 yards. So now there's two more numbers that come in here, and then I'll tie it all together. And, yeah, if you have to rewind and take notes at home, I, I'm going to be writing about this. Right. It's going to be on the website, 985 thesportsubcom Just hang with me. Yeah, hopefully
1: our listeners have a legal pad. Andy. Two more numbers.
0: Yards per play, period. Just, And I'm going to give the rank, not the number, for a reason. Because people get distracted by the number. It's all relative. Because it's 6.9. Exactly. <laughs> yards per play, just flat up. Patriots were 17th in the league.
1: So, like, mi- literally middle of the pack. It's really just the red zone. The red zone is the main reason that they scored so little. And they ranked so low in, like, total offense well, and scoring and all that. So, hang
0: on. Let's let's take out the expo- explosive plays from yards per play. And this isn't a Felgren maz take it away to make them look bad. The idea is if you look at their yards gain, yes. Every, that's what we're doing, though, right? Every Everybody's yardage goes down, and this is why I'm not giving the exact number, because, of course, it's going to drop. But if you're a consistent offense, your yards per play should be about the same across the board in terms of the rank. 17th in yards per play. When you take out the non-explosive plays, they were 27th, and they were 29th going into that Bills game.
1: Yeah. To me to me it's the, the lack of consistency. You said, exactly. They were like they had a few games where they had a lot of explosive plays. The Ravens game, the Vikings game. There were games where like they were racking up explosive plays. Then they had other games where they couldn't they they couldn't stay on the field. They would have all these three and outs in a row. Like the Jets game, you know, like Well, it's also the week to week consistency was
0: was poor. You're talking about the they had a lot of explosive plays in those games. How
1: many of those drives ended in field goals? Even though they, had, too. they had a lot of games where they they move the ball between the 20s and then it just stalled out or it was a complete disaster uh, within the 20.
0: So this is what this means. Basically, here's to sum it all up very simply. The Patriots had a lot of big plays, but their big plays weren't as big as other teams, big plays. And
2: it's when the they problem. weren't
0: getting big plays. They couldn't move the ball at all. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Start Touchback start on 25, right? get your big play. You get your 50-yard play, right? Now you're down on the fringe of field goal range. Maybe pick up one more first down, kick the field goal. That's what it was. They couldn't sustain drives because unless they were getting these big chunks, which weren't big enough to get them in the end zone, they couldn't get to the end zone methodically. Yeah. And what kills me about this is Mac Jones, he showed it in college, he showed it in 2021. He is at his best when he is throwing to the intermediate part of the field. That's 8 to 15 yards. And that's to the sidelines, to the middle, however you want to cut it up. He is at his best in that 8 to 15-yard range. Those numbers should be reversed. The Patriots should be the team that's really good at moving the ball incrementally. And yeah, maybe they don't have a ton of big plays, but they're sustaining drives. Like, based on the personnel, that's what they should be. So this is the first thing Bill O'Brien needs to address. How do Not the lack of explosiveness or big plays. How are we going to move the ball when the big play isn't there? And how are we going to sustain drives?
1: Yeah, and I think I think you got to the heart of the problem uh, with all those numbers in the, in this discussion here is that the the problem isn't big plays. Even if they didn't have big plays, I would still say big plays isn't the problem. The problem is that they couldn't do the simple right. stuff. They couldn't get that that little five yard drive starter to help kickstart. They, they they felt like a slog just to get that. And there were like weeks where they get tackled behind the line for a five yard loss on like a simple run player they try these these stretch zone runs and get blown up it's like there was there was a lot of that stuff where they would shoot themselves in the foot set themselves back and they couldn't they couldn't get those easy plays i think that's what hurt them the most with the lack of coordination on offense and i think the fact that they could get those big plays was a sign that they have they have enough personnel to be explosive, I think. I don't think they have to make a massive upgrade on offense. Like hopefully Tyquan Thornton turns into something more than what he was as a rookie. And if he could start making big plays down the field, he's a guy that could burn you for a you know, a seventy yard touchdown if you're not careful. And he has the right quarterback throwing in the ball and they're well coordinated and he's protected and all that. Like I think they have potential to make those big plays, but the biggest thing for me is obviously the red zone, but Still, get those drives started. Get the simple plays right. right. Well, this this
0: is red zone, too. If you can't move the ball in short spaces, there are no big plays in the red zone.
1: Right. You can't. So you're not coming up with an explosive play until you have to because you're losing because you kept going three and out because you can't get a a simple four yard gain to start a drive.
0: And you said it there. It's the easy stuff they couldn't do. It's easy stuff. Like people will sit here and say because, you know, they heard me say before they big plays, but their big plays weren't that big. So why not have bigger big plays? you could take that approach. That's much right. harder. That is much harder to do than just get a play that can consistently yeah. get you five, six yards. Right. Hey, we don't have any small plays, so let's just take home run shots is basically right. what the Bills tried against the Bengals.
1: But if you still have three drives a game that are like first and 10, second and 15 third and 18 punt like they had so many drives that were like that and right. I think that's what sort of skewed the numbers and all that but like if you can't if you keep doing that then like what who, what does it matter if you have a big player probably losing
0: anyway exactly again they had a lot of big plays but the big plays didn't get them yeah. in the end zone
1: and I know fundamentals are boring And I know people want the exciting plays I, I think want, people would take fundamentals after would, watching that for a year I would love to have a Jamar Chase uh, on on the Patriots offense I would take it you know but like you got to it starts with the fundamentals as they always say and I think that's where it's
2: going to start here
1: with with the new offensive coaching stuff.
2: So i backstagecountry.com your online home for all things country music. <laughs> Award-winning movies often have incredible soundtracks, and many of those have gone on to become country gold. We've picked our top five country songs that have been nominated for an Oscar. Text OSCAR to 45911 to see if your favorite made the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text OSCAR to 45911, and we'll send the link straight to your phone. Still think getting a,
0: a true veteran number one receiver is important. I, I still do believe that because whether it's for the short and intermediate stuff or the deep stuff, you saw it this year and there was a report from from Mike Giardi that at least somebody in the building said, and I'm going to paraphrase, but essentially as much, they need a receiver that defenses have to dictate coverage around. That when you get into that meeting on Tuesday, like the defensive staff gets in the meeting on Tuesday, all right, what are we doing about him? You know, you can't just, because right now, Jacoby Myers can get open one-on-one. At a very high rate, but he's
1: not running routes that are like you'll give him those, right? Right. They, that was one thing that worked for him offensively in 2022 was that Kobe Myers, you know, third and third and manageable and throw to him at the sticks. Like that was something that worked for them when they could fairly, get in a third and manageable fairly consistently. But yeah, right. They had to get to that spot in the first place and they couldn't even get to that. They need that
0: guy though that another team is going to because. You mentioned Tackling Thornton. I still like Devontae Parker. I, everybody knows I'm a big fan of Kendrick Bourne, right? Mm-hmm. Those guys are going to win one-on-ones. You need to get them one-on-one coverage. How do you do that? You have a wide receiver who demands shading and doubles and things like that and is still going to find a way to get himself open.
1: Right, right. Make a domino effect. You have right. A, you put a top guy on top of all these guys, and all of a sudden – you have number two and three corners trying to cover Devontae Parker and Kendrick Bourne, like they are. They're just going to get more open. Yeah.
0: So, so I, I I still think that that's something they need to do, and now it becomes interesting, right? We have this was something we speculated a lot leading up. Can Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins coexist? Because he's one of the names that's out there that's wow. available. You're still on this Hopkins thing. Does it have to be DeAndre Hopkins? That's my question. No, it doesn't. But he's the. It's Occam's Razor. He's the most obvious option. Aside from the O'Brien thing, he's available. He's proven. We know him and Bill respect each other. Belichick respect each other. No, we, we, oh, oh, uh, Hopkins and Belichick respect each other. Yeah,
1: as opposed to Bill O'Brien. Right, yeah, of. yeah.
0: Um, I don't think it, well, so that's kind of the question. You know, I've also, I've kind of put Jerry Judy in that category. I would take Jerry Judy. He put up a 1,000 yards in that Broncos offense last year. Yeah, like that says something. That's
1: a guy who still has untapped upside, I think, and he's not going to cost as much right. money-wise or trade. Uh, I he might cost more trade-wise. He's going to cost because he's, he's inexpensive because he's younger. But he hasn't like he hasn't produced it, uh, that much. He got a thousand yards this past season. It's like nine eighty something. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know that he's because Brandon 24. Cooks for for example had established himself yeah. as a top receiver. On his rookie deal at that point, I'm not sure that Jerry Judy's gone to that point. I yet.
0: think I think Judy's 24. He okay, he is going to need a new contract too. This is the That's thing where true. he's on
1: the last year of his rookie deal. Yeah, like, how much your option coming up? But how much is that going to cost? That's what I'm saying. I don't know that he's produced as much. Or like I think Hopkins could be a guy that going to fetch a try a price like a Tyree Killer Devontae Adams. Oh, I don't think Hopkins is going to cost that much. You don't think so? Maybe so- not as much as those guys. But money wise, if they wanted to keep Hopkins around, like I don't, or if they wanted to absorb his contract and just sort of restructure it a little bit, I just think he's way more expensive and less realistic than someone like Jerry Judy, in my opinion. Well, I
0: think Hopkins is going to cost less because it's going to be a short term deal. Obviously, he's 31. In terms of compensation? No, in terms of the contract, he's going to cost less, like financially. In terms of the trade, his value's been set. He was traded two years ago, three years ago. For a second round, it was him in a fourth. For a second, David Johnson in a fifth. And yeah, that was one of the biggest rip-offs in NFL history. And, and the Cardinals are going to come to the table and say that. But then the Patriots are going to say, well... Who's to have Monty
1: Awesome for it, by right. the way, former Patriots front office guy?
0: The Patriots are going to come back and say, well, he has since played just one full season in three years. He's had a PED suspension. And he's now on the wrong side of 30. And we have to give him a new contract.
1: So I... Hopkins to me. So you don't think he's going to cost much on the contract or the trade? The co- I mean, if they make like a, if you could just swap like low picks or something like that.
0: No, I don't think it'll be that. I think there's no reason you would need to give up a first round pick to get DeAndre Hopkins. I think like a second for like Hopkins in like a late round pick might do it. And in terms of the contract, all these guys are going to be somewhere between like 18 and 24 yeah, million like- a year.
1: I know. like it's not now. Like, can they afford to fill out the other positions that they already need? Like tackle. Yeah. They're going to have Corner.
0: like 50s. Well, tackle you're doing through the draft, hopefully. Especially if you make this trade. Tackle's coming through the draft. So you're in good shape there. They're projected to have right now the third most cap space in the league. I remember I talked to Miguel Benz and Pat's cap. The guy's the expert about this. Yes. He said that, like, realistically, if they do all their tinkering that they make without blowing up the roster. They can get to like $60, 65000000 It's going to be among the most money in the league, and they don't have a ton of people they need to pay internally. Jonathan Jones, Jacoby Myers, who I don't think they need to bring back either of those guys. I would take them back. They're good players, but I don't think you're screwed if you lose either of them. And then after that, it drops off. I mean, Devin McCourty's a weird one where you would like to have him back, but he's probably going to retire. Mm-hmm. So you write him off. He's undecided. After him, you know, and Slater's the same thing, right? After that, you're getting into Damian Harris. You're getting into Raquan McMillan. See you later. Right? like So they're going to have money to spend. I'm not worried about them not being able to afford guys up against the cap. does it have to be Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well,
1: I'm, I'm telling, telling you it look, doesn't. Regardless I, of what you and I think, I think the Patriots would rather go for a Jerry Judy who's on his rookie deal and trade a higher draft pick than trade less to get hopkins because of the money no see That's my opinion
0: i think they'd rather have hopkins because they generally prefer veterans guys who've been there done that and see, that goes back to your point that hopkins has proven it yeah but if hopkins <laughs> hopkins is no obviously tri-
1: very talented i'm just not sure that like i don't know i'm not sure he's still gonna be the guy that we always that we love to watch with the Texans. i know he's was, he was good last year he had 700 yards and like Six seven games. Yeah, last he was year. pretty he was, good last year. Yeah. And I know that. Patriots
0: fans think of that fumble. They'll coach. They'll tell him, "All right, tuck the ball tighter."
1: Right. That's day one. <laughs> I'm not to it just on that. I'm I, just I, not I, sure he's been like a winning player. He's talented. So You're worried about the attitude. I'm a little worried about that. Okay. Especially if they don't give him the
0: contract he might want. Well, he is a no trade. I assume if he's coming here, it's because they figured out a contract. You're not going to trade for him and then leave that contract up in the air. You're trading for him, knowing what the like the new contract's been a. Air quotes agreed on before that. He just strikes
1: me as a guy who will have eight really good games, and then he'll start saying, "All right, can we start talking about this?" As far as his contract is concerned, that's what what he strikes me as.
0: No, his contract. There's an out in his contract. Like he's not going to play under the current contract he has. It doesn't make sense for him. It doesn't make sense for the team. He has like a thirty-something million dollar cap hit, but he's only due like eighteen million in cash. So that benefits nobody. When he gets acquired, that what's left of his contract is getting ripped up and replaced.
1: Can't Tyquan Thornton just become a stud? I mean, I mean that, nice. that's the easiest thing. But I'm saying, and like- I feel like that's where the Patriots might be, you know, torn on it internally. That's the that's really the question I have. Like, regardless of what you and I think they should they should do, or think they, I'd like that's where they have they have conflicts internally. I think is that well, not like I'm not trying to drum up drama or anything like that, but. They might they drafted that kid in the second round and I think you and I saw him at camp and like most people that watched him at camp said this kid can play in the NFL. Like he's not going to be a bust. He's probably going to be a guy that can help them. But can he take that next step? Can he be that guy that dictates the coverage and all that? Like ideally that's what happens and like the question is are they going to gamble on that or are they going to try to make a big move like what you're talking about like bringing in a guy Why does like it have to be one or the other?
0: Why can't it be both? And that's the thing with Hopkins. He's only going to be here for two or three years. Mm-hmm. And then if, if
1: Thornton takes off, great. Well, if they get Hopkins, then yeah, they'll, they'll have both. They're not, I'm not saying they have to get rid of Taequann Thornton if they get Hopkins. Right, well, no, but you're say,
0: it sounds like you're saying you don't want to deal with Hopkins and you'd rather just bank on Taequann Thornton taking that next step.
1: No, I'm not saying I would rather. I'm just Uh, with the Patriots, rather. That's what matters. That's what matters is what they're going to do, not what I Well, there there, there were two separate reports from from Mike Giardi and Andrew Callahan
0: that they're split internally about adding Mm -hmm. a veteran number one wide receiver. So it sounds like they're not sure which way they want to go. And that report obviously came out before O'Brien got hired, both of those reports.
1: Okay, I'll give you an opinion on this. If they get DeAndre Hopkins, that's kind of a panic move. They just drafted this kid in the second round. Draft another kid. They're different, but they're different players. I... I don't think that's was it a. Well, p- then wouldn't Hopkins be sort of redundant with Parker? Like, then you get move on for Parker.
0: I don't think they're redundant. They're the big I, out the big X receiver. No, you can you can move Hopkins around. Hopkins can play a lot. He can do a lot. His route tree is impressive. I. But uh, but on the Patriots, would yeah. he be that? Well, it's not going to be the offense it was last year. I would hope not. No.
1: So <laughs> hopefully, it's a very different offense.
0: I liken it more to. Look at what the Eagles did last year. Was trading for A.J. Brown a panic move about Devonta Smith? Maybe. I don't think so. I think they... <laughs> look at look at all these teams that are in this thing right now. The Eagles have... Devonta Smith wasn't good enough. They added A.J. Brown. The Bengals had T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. That wasn't enough. They added Jamar Chase. When they really needed a tackle and Pinesseul was on the board, they added Jamar Chase. The Niners had Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Kittle. They still felt the need to go out and get... Christian McCaffrey. The team that's kind of on unstable ground right now is the Chiefs, who just lost Tyreek Hill because they felt like they had enough with Travis Kelsey and these ancillary pieces. Well, they might have, they're still playing. They still might, they might have enough. They also have Patrick Mahomes. I think that you can't have enough talent at that position because it's all about stretching a defense then.
1: And Okay, so if they don't make a big move at receiver, you'd think that's a bad move. You don't think they're gonna have enough. That's gonna be their downfall. I think if
0: they really wanna get serious about not just like getting back over five hundred, but like making a run at winning the division, winning playoff games. They need to add a true number one, a guy who's going to dictate that. Okay, coverage.
1: so just say, just say, for the sake of this discussion, yeah. that Tyquan Thornton takes a big leap in year number two. All of a sudden, he's like the new like Josh Gordon. He's like a guy that can burn you with a all short. Right, well, uh, take a sh-
2: <laughs> Josh like, Gordon okay. in
1: his prime as a player. You yes. remember Josh twenty thirteen yeah. Josh Gordon. Yeah, he what had what like eight hundred yards in four. He games. could take a slant ninety yards, and he could burn you deep down the field. He's big, yeah. fast, you know, good, good, solid hands, and you know. Big play receiver. He's he's their number one guy. He's dictating the coverage and all that. Yeah. I, are we still... We're going to come out of the, that next season and saying, well, they could still use another stud-wide receiver. <laughs> they need to put in yet another guy after Tyquan Thorne. Or are we going to come out of it saying, okay, they got more out of Parker. They got more out of Kendrick Bourne. Maybe they keep Jacoby Myers. Maybe they, they somehow re-sign well, him. They get more out of Hunter Henry. They're better in the red zone. Well, then those two
0: guys... Parker and Bourne then become free agents and then it's about who I would say so let's say that okay happens. well then the,
1: then you would need to add a
0: guy right so but even so if if Thornton takes off one I think the best way to get Thornton to take off is to get a veteran receiver to to draw coverage and let him work one-on-one and develop where he has less attention
1: I think Bill likes veteran receivers but I also think he likes veterans that will do what they're told I'm not sure that Hopkins is going to be a guy that's going to be in line for very long. Okay. So what about he's a short term? It's like you said, he's like about Bill O'Brien. I think he'd be here for a good time, not not in a long time. But I don't I think, think you need he Hopkins here. I don't think
0: you need Hopkins here for a long time. And so and it doesn't maybe we're fixated too much on Hopkins. I the other guys that that have been thrown out there, Jerry Judy, the Bucks pretty much need to cut Mike Evans. I, I don't see how they don't cut or trade him. Mm-hmm. So that's a guy that's maybe available. Um I, I know I some, would like
1: either of those guys more than Hawkins. Okay, some personally. people
0: have suggested Keenan Allen. So I, I I think maybe you're too fixated on the DeAndre Hopkins of it all. I think so, yeah, maybe. But adding that guy, if they really want to take the off, if they don't want to just get back to where they were in 20... If you If the goal is just to get back to where they were in 2021, you don't need to add the wide receiver. But that shouldn't be the goal. The goal should be to build on where you were in 2021 and improve from that. If that's the case, whether it's Hopkins, Judy, Evans, Allen, you need that guy. What about T. Higgins? He's a free agent? He's it, It's the same thing as Judy, where he's entering the final year of his deal. And, oh, okay, he's
1: not a free agent. Do the yet. Bengals
0: want to get something? I, and I know people have said, well, the Bengals are going to lose him, so they're probably going to trade him. Unless they win the Super Bowl this year, which could happen, I think you just have to let him play out the last year of his contract because you need to capitalize on this window. I don't think he's as available. And talk to me again after the Super Bowl. Right, maybe but, they win
1: the Super Bowl. That might and then it's like, things. all right, we
0: capitalized. But yeah. I don't think he's as available as people are maybe suggesting. I would take him. I think he fits what you're describing, what I'm describing. But I, I don't think he's going to be attainable, at least not right now. You okay. know, if it, let's say they don't add anybody. The offense still kind of sputters. And then we get into next offseason, T. Higgins a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. Then we can talk about it. I, You can put him on that list if you want. I just don't think he's like realistic from the Bengals side of things. Okay. Okay. So we're talking
1: DeAndre Hopkins, Jerry Judy, and Mike Evans are I, our options. I
0: think those are, I saw Andrew Callahan put Keenan Allen out there. That's and another Keenan guy Allen. where, like, I would take him. He's still more of like a, a big slot guy, though. He'd be like a Jacoby Myers replacement. I also just don't think the Chargers are going to move him right now. I think they're going to figure out a way to keep him because it's the same thing where, like, you you have this window with Herbert. You've got to figure out a way to make it work. He's maybe a guy that gets franchised. I take him. I don't think he's going to be available. But I I still Limited options (laughs) Yeah, it's not a great year to need a wide receiver And don't even get me started on this draft class Not a good draft class? Not for that guy It's a really good draft class if you need a slot receiver Which is all the more reason that maybe they let Jacoby Myers walk And save that money and use it elsewhere Yeah, draft a slot, I'll take it Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Tank Dell, Rakim Jarrett But not, I, I know people like Quentin Johnston Not here it okay. goes back to that thing where like they can't they've struggled to develop wide receivers and there's a lot of natural physical traits there but the last couple times they drafted these big physical wide receivers they try to turn
1: them into like these pinpoint route runners. Go yeah, back they all I can't the amount of times they've overthought We're like we're just going to we're going to make you a different type of player. I don't that's, know why they do that. I that's the
0: that's what I see with Quentin Johnson. I see that happening. So that's why I'm like, he'd be the one guy if you're like, all right, well you say they need a big X. This is the guy. I mean, in theory, I guess like he fits the profile, but I don't think he's as talented as some of the, or as polished. I should say as some of these other big outside wide receivers that have come out the last couple of years. I think people got complacent. The last few wide receiver draft class, like two, three, four wide receiver draft class have all been unreal. Every year we're saying this is such a good wide receiver classes. is and I think it sort of became the the norm.
1: Like, yeah, people just expected it was insane. That that's what it is. It wasn't saying the, the the run we just had of this, receiver draft classes. And the Patriots got none of them. Yeah, this year. Except hopefully Thornton. This
0: year is a, not only a drop like from that, it's a drop from the average. And that was above the average. So mm. it's a tough year, especially on the boundary, you need a wide receiver. Man.
1: Yeah. So like, yeah, like regardless of what I think, like you and I both agree that they they need a, a guy to, to put on top of the depth chart. Yeah. That can, I, I, that I can no- change the whole the whole scheme as far as preparing for them.
0: Right. I have no interest in the guy that you're just going to, you know, muddle in with Parker and Bourne and Thor. I have no interest in that guy. They have enough of those guys. Right.
1: You. But the question is, do they think they need to make that big move or do they think that Thornton could become that guy and then slide another one of these secondary guys that we're talking about underneath that? Well, or or just a, a 1A type of reason? Because I know you said they need two big big names. Yeah, I mean, the, the reports we have are, well, I, I think you,
0: you bring in the guy to be the one, and then you hope Thornton becomes the 1A. I think that's okay. the plan.
1: I just feel like their history tells me that, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is a type of guy that Bill would like to have, but it's not the type of deal he would like to make. I don't think they want to... Deal with taking right. on that contract and restructuring. I think he'd rather get a guy who's more affordable or overpay for a middling guy and get more out of them than other teams like they thought they would, like they thought they were doing with Nelson Aguilar. I just feel like that's more their speed, and that's probably what they're going to do. I would. And, and Chris Gasper talked about this on Feldman Randy Mass. Moss trade. You know, like they they want to get a good player, but they don't want to. They don't want to over extend themselves. Well, the Randy Moss trade would be Hopkins, like to a T. Yeah, but like they didn't. They traded, like, a fourth-round pick for
0: for Randy Moss, right?
1: Yeah, probably a little more than that.
2: And was he that
0: expensive
1: at that point in his career because he was on the Raiders? He he wanted a new
0: contract. He wanted a new contract. He wanted out. He hadn't produced at the same level in a couple years. He was right near 30. He worked for one year. A guy who was maybe problematic in the background.
1: Yeah, see, like, that – my whole – I'm sorry to keep getting hung up on Hopkins and come back to it, but, like, I'd rather more of a long-term solution. Jerry Judy, to me, represents a guy that you can bring in – and signed to a new contract, a guy that like this is going to be our cornerstone guy All right. for several years. So you are you, know? t- you are because DeAndre m- Hopkins is like one or two years later, you're probably you're back in the pool. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: and and normally I'm with you. I just think you need to jumpstart Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that you can afford to look at the five-year window in this context, right? Just get the guy yeah. that's going to get Mac Jones going. Right. And then – And that per, th-
1: as the per the theme of this whole podcast, Bill O'Brien alone is not going right. to transform the whole thing. They need more.
0: In two years when Hopkins is 32 and his contract – all right, you figure it out then. Maybe it's a better draft class or somebody else available. You cross that bridge when you come to it. But for now, I they just got to get a guy. But your team, Judy, that's fine. I, I I would take either one. Either way, I'd be happy. I just think they need yeah. to go get a guy like that. I
1: guess I'm Team Judy, but like I'm just, I'm thinking more in terms of what they, they might be thinking. I think they would be more Team so, Judy than Team Hopkins if, in, they had to, if they had to go out and get a guy.
0: In terms of what they're thinking, and we can close on this because I think it's a good way to set the stage for the rest of the offseason. Chris Gasper was on Felgert Maz on Friday, and he said something really interesting. And we wrote it up. It's on 98.5thesportsup.com.
1: Did you have to look up uh, some of the words he said in the dictionary? No,
0: no, not at least not the part that I I was looking at here. Gasper's talking. So they were having a conversation about Brady coming back, and it's not within that. It's not anything he said relating to that that stood out to me. But at the end of the conversation, he's talking about, well, you know, if Bill O'Brien comes back, Brady likes him. Maybe they're bringing in Bill O'Brien to try to lure Brady back here. And Felger asked him, but does that sound like them? Does that sound like something Patriots would do? And Gasper said... Oh, God. Now I'm talking like Felger is what you're saying. Well, no, no, no. Because that is how I look at it. But it's a fair question. And I look at it like that, too. I all the time say in my coverage, I'm not here to tell you what I would do. I'm here to tell you what I think they will do because you don't care what I would do. Yeah. You care what they want to do. But what Gasper said... was So Felger asked him, does this sound like them? What Gasper replied was, does any of this? Does the statement coming out about we're going to interview offensive corners, does that sound like them? bringing in guys like Keenan McCardell. Right. And sh- does that sound
1: like them? It rem- Just when you think they're going to do what you think, they they do something completely like. It reminds me, and I'm not saying that
0: Gasper's reporting anything there, but I think his line of thinking is correct. And it reminds me of, do you remember, so they had the 2020 season, the Cam Newton season, it wasn't great. And then there were those couple of reports. I remember Tom Curran was the first one on it. It was around this time of year that, oh, they're going to be uncharacteristically aggressive. Yep. This offseason, the whole thing oh, yeah. was pinned on uncharacteristically aggressive. And then wouldn't you know it? They were uncharacteristically aggressive. They spent the most money in free agency, took a quarterback in the first round, traded up in the second round to get Christian Barmore. Yeah, it was beyond uncharacteristic. They were just aggressive in right. terms, compared to anything. I sort of, even though it hasn't been reported, like officially, that like, hey, this year's different. I, I get that vibe that, you know. Using their, using historical context, using their usual playbook, using their MO, I don't know how much of that applies this offseason. I think we are, to an extent, in uncharted territory here. Okay. So, I agree with you with the, yeah, I think they historically would rather have Judy than Hopkins, I don't know how that much that historical context applies right now. So
1: they're going to go out and make a big, big trade for a big, not necessarily Hopkins, but a big
0: receiver trade. I think this offseason is going to be different, and that would certainly be different, yes. What
1: about the Brady stuff? Gaspar also said he wouldn't be surprised if they brought Tom Brady back.
0: That's weird, because he said when I was on... No, no, that that, was that like would a be month very enough.
1: unbill-like if he, if he brought Tom I Brady mean, back.
0: Maybe it's just because I want to prolong my childhood. I've been watching the guy since I was six years old. I would <laughs> yeah. love to see
1: Tom Brady back. Right. I'm watching the Bengals. I was like, you know, that makes me long for the,
0: the good I don't, old days. I don't think it's happening. I don't. I think he's either going to retire or go to San Francisco or the Titans. It's just my hey, scratchy. Guess. If I was going to effing do that,
1: <laughs> I'd be I'd be doing that. Okay. But it's definitely a spontaneous conversation, not pre-recorded at all.
0: I think it's all on the table. I think it's all okay. on the table this off season. I think that it's. It's not like them, and it's not going to be like them for the next couple of months.
1: Thank you, Mr. Kraft. He's going to make it a fun offseason for us. Oh, yeah. Giving his team a kick in the ass. That's the the best way to put it. Yeah. See, that was just a circle all the way back to call back to the start of this. They they still have so much more to do, obviously, with the personnel, but also with the coaching. And so, like, yeah, that's what I I hope that we're in for an offseason of, like, you know, more than just Bill O'Brien. I think, you know, I wonder if Bill Belichick is getting pushed even harder by Kraft now than usual and he's still getting pushed even after the Bill O'Brien hire because I think you know in, in a, a normal year maybe Bill Belichick says all right we got our OC that's it let's move forward with what we got I I feel like Kraft is, is going to keep pushing him to do more I think he's maybe he's allocating more money to you know add to the like legit guys to the coaching staff so yeah it's gonna be interesting to see uh how much more they add to the staff and on top of what, whatever they do with the players all right, and we'll have you covered for all of it. Sports Hub Patriots podcast. podcast.
0: Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, the Patriots audio, Sports Up Patriots audio feed. You can also check us out on 985 com. For Matt Dolph, I'm Alex Bart. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. See you.